Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 403 of The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm pretty good. We were talking about how hard it is to say 403. But you did it. Are you going to be the one that has to introduce Formula 404? I think that's going to be on you. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) I'll take next week. Okay. All right. Well, We are talking today about our pantries. Um, We did an episode not too long ago about our refrigerators and the contents therein and kind of, I don't know, what it says about our family lives and the stage of motherhood that we're in and all of the things that, like, I feel like the place where you prepare food from is such an interesting snapshot of what's happening in every other way inside your household. Like, if my fridge is under control it really means like a lot of things in my household are going right. (laughs) And if it's not, it means perhaps I am slapped. Like I am slacking a little bit in that area. I agree. I'm excited for this pantry one too, because it's a very, it leads to very different conversations about the ways we feed our family. And I really liked that fridge episode was back in, I think September and we'll link it up. Um, But I feel like it's a very, it's very different. It's just in my kitchen, it's just a few steps away, but I think it reveals different things than the refrigerator does. Oh, it absolutely does. Because the pantry is the place of hope. The pantry (laughs) is the place where your aspirational dreams are like your fridge. You know, that stuff's not going to last that long. You know, it's got a shelf life. So it's coming in, it's going out. People are looking in it more. I don't feel like as many people look in my pantry every single day as I do, but the fridge is constantly being opened. So it's, it's very different. It's very different. Well, we're going to get into what's actually inside our um, pantries But I wanted to talk a little bit about this thing that kind of went viral on TikTok. And I think it, you know, as it does, made its way over to Instagram, too. It made its way to us without us watching TikTok. So it must have (laughs) been a good one. Exactly. It was a good, it really went viral because more, you know, people are actually talking about it on Instagram. But it's about this idea of whether you live in an ingredients household or a snack household. And the whole thing was funny because I had never thought about it that way. But As we talked about it, basically the idea is if you grew up in or now are mom of an ingredients household, that means you've got ingredients on deck to make into, you know, into food. Right. And if you live in a snack household, um, a kid could walk in and grab something pre-made and eat it. I think all kids want to live in a snack household. Sure. Um, But many don't. And I actually, we were talking before we started recording that. 
about the fact that I grew up in a definitely in an ingredients household. But then in high school, I went to live with my dad and my stepmom, who was considerably younger than my mom. And I think that did make a difference. Um, and that was a snack household. And I almost didn't even know what to do with it. Like the fact that there was always a snack basket with a cereal bar uh-huh. um, or. Who was like it? A special little... K cereal bar? Do you Ooh, remember yeah. those? Uh-huh. Those were uh-huh. later. That might have been like when I was uh, in no, college. Okay, then maybe it was. It was some cereal company, though. Okay. It was. Yeah. yeah. And then there were also um, those little handy snacks. They were like little crackers with like a little cheese, like a, a soft oh, cheese and a like little red the, spreader. The, spre- the red spreader. I yes. never got those at my house, but I do remember when people had them. I didn't even like the taste of the cheese very much, but I no, did like either. the crackers. And I and I always coveted just those types of snacks. They were very fake buttery. And I, I think that it kind of blew my mind because my mom came from a different generation, first of all. And in the early 80s, there weren't that many things that were prepackaged like that. And my mom just never would have spent money on something like that. So I was like, what is even going on? What are these things? Do I like them? Does it matter? I can... Like with one tearing motion, food can be going into my face. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I was laughing because I wondered if the ingredients household versus a ready-made or snack household evolves as families grow and time wears on and moms get tired because I always teased my mom that my sister, who's eight and a half years younger, had like, I don't, I, I seem to remember individually sized packages of chips, mm. like to throw in a lunchbox. Or um, trying to think of what else it would have been, but definitely like lots of individually sized snack packages. Whereas for me, even if we bought, say, um, some wheat thins or things like that, I would have to put them in a baggie to take them to my lunch. There was nothing individually uh, portioned. And so I just wonder if that if that was my mom getting tired or just like being like, oh, yeah, what's like, what's the big deal? I'll buy the individual snack pack. So it might it might change over time. I have a feeling it was both. I think it was, I think the late eighties and early nineties, if I'm remembering my um, childhood television and advertising consumption correctly, it was like the late eighties and the early nineties ushered in an explosion of new snack packaging options. Many of them being convenience sized. And up before that, the only thing I remember ever being in those individual packages were like, um, uh, the chips that were so expensive that I remember my mom saying those were only for parties. Like she would, even she wouldn't buy those. She wouldn't even buy those for parties because she was just way too frugal. But like, that was the sort of thing that would have been for, or those little boxes of cereal, which were only to be at my oh. childless aunt's house because those were the only, we only got camping. <laughs> camping. <Yes>. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, I, I think that they just weren't as ubiquitous, but then I think if you were at that, if you were at that sweet spot of being like the third kid in a household also dovetailing with a tired, like, so you got the, the tired mom, but you've also now got this influx of convenience products. Yeah. You probably were in this super sweet spot. And I think that's where I was when I moved in with my yeah. um, young stepmom. She's just like, this is what kids eat. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to get. And right. I was like, score. Yeah. Uh, I, I was wondering if any of that ethos kind of, I don't know, you know, spilled over for you as a mom. And, and I'll just say that I, I'm definitely an ingredients household. I was like born and bred ingredients. Yeah. Like my, for me, a snack when I was a kid, if I had told my mom I was hungry and it wasn't a meal time, she would have said, um, get some apples and raisins. That was one of my favorite or apple and cheese or uh, maybe some toast. I know you, yeah. that was a big one for you too. Ate a lot of toast. A lot of toast. And then as a mom, I tried to kind of continue that. And there was a little 
there was a little moment there where I was kind of leaning towards being more of a snack mom. I just had a lot more granola bars and things like that, like in the house. But I was very grumpy about it because I didn't feel like I felt like the kids abused it. And I would I had these really unreasonable expectations that they were going to somehow control their consumption of these snacks. Yeah. yeah. Or somehow and appreciate so I, that you yeah. that yeah. you like spent a little bit more money or yes. maybe like set aside some nutritional like aspirations that you'd had that you had somehow like stooped to the level of, of yes snack like I'm doing and, this for you and they should and, appreciate it which of course yes. that's not how children work no it's not and I found that I just wasn't a very good snack mom my I wasn't allowed I wasn't able to let go enough and um I now we are now back to a household that is almost zero snacks isn't that yeah. interesting yeah, I, I don't know. It was partly an economy thing, but also partly like I don't want to I don't want to buy another box of granola bars and watch them disappear in 20 minutes. Yeah. So I'm not gonna. Well, I'll just say I have been all over the spectrum of um, ingredients pantry versus ready made or snack pantry. And I think we both believe like food is food. Like there's no inherent moral judgment against any kind of snack basket or you know, pack of Teddy Grahams or whatever. Someone mentioned that in that TikTok thread. I forgot about Teddy Grahams from the 90s. Anyway, I have gone through phases of going to Costco and filling up a snack basket, just like you described. I would say right now we're back to more ingredients, but my kids would like to eat nothing but snack food. So I'm somewhere in the middle because we have like a lot of bags of popcorn and tortilla chips, but they're like large bags that the kids are portioning out along with their sandwiches and their fruit and and that kind of thing. So we're not, we don't have a lot of grab and go snacks right now, but that's not to say we don't have a lot of snack food. I actually think I do have a lot of snack food in my house, but we're kind of, yeah, I think we've kind of outgrown the cliff bars and the apple juice or the applesauce squeezies. And and I absolutely relied on those for grab and go for a while. So no shame in that game. Well, and I'm not packing lunches anymore. So that also makes a big difference because some of that was for, for my convenience. Right. Well, okay. Before we move on to the next question that we're going to, we're going to talk about what's actually in our pantries. I just have to ask if you remember burples. No. So, well, you didn't watch a lot of TV in the eighties, but burples were this like accordion shaped, um, like this plastic accordion shaped canister that held some kind of a drink powder. And then I believe the idea was that you would like, Oh, you would pop it open. It would go boop, 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 like a, and then you'd fill it with water and then you would have basically this to go Kool-Aid situation. Yeah. Or like high C. Oh my gosh. This is yeah. exciting. No, I do remember. I'll try to find the ad and maybe we can put it in the show notes if I can I find it. I do remember a very popular plastic drink bottle that twisted. Do you remember the, the top twisted off? It was a skinny, tall, and there was like orange ones and red oh, ones. Oh, the whole top. Like the whole top twisted it off. Yes. Like you, you like, broke it off. Kind of. Yes. It was almost like shaped like a like a little faucet or something. Not, not a cap. Okay. And you twisted that whole thing off and they had different colors. I'll look those up too. And I want to say it was something easy to say, like squeezies or squeezits or something. That sounds familiar. Um, there was I was a, not yeah. allowed to have those or any number of other fruit roll-ups. Didn't get those <laughs> in my lunch. Okay. Oh, the fruit roll-ups are so I good. Know, okay. We are devolving this right now. All right. Well, let's, let's, okay. Let's get to the real topic, but this has been a fun little walk down memory lane. Okay. So before we start talking about our pantries, we have to 
define what it, like what we're actually talking about. So what, um, for you, what does your pantry situation look like? Yeah. Um, and I'm happy to throw a couple pictures in the show notes if it's helpful. I just basically have two cupboards. I don't have a walk-in pantry in this house. I was lucky enough to have them in my last couple of houses. So when we first moved in, I was like, wait, this isn't going to be enough space. But actually, here's what I learned. I think the things I used to store in my walk-in pantries were more like small appliances, sometimes cleaning supplies. I had other things in there because we basically just have two big cupboards stacked kind of floor to ceiling. Um, And so you can open the double cabinet doors on the top or the bottom. If you open them both up, it's kind of like the size of like a big like footlocker or something. It's, It's pretty big and with shelves inside. Um, so that has been fine for most of the dry goods that we're going to talk about today. Canned food, um, pastas and grains, cereals, that kind of thing. Baking, uh, like larger baking stuff like flour and sugar. We do have another cupboard, um, that we keep like oils and spices and other cooking and baking items. So I guess that kind of counts, but I think of the pantry as the one with the snacks, the grains, the canned food the nuts and seeds and things like that. And then lastly, we do have spillover into our garage because we do keep like our food processor and our crock pot and things like that. I just don't have enough room in my actual kitchen, but there's also some pantry items out there that um, canned pumpkin that we're not going to use until next fall and um, extra bags of flour and sugar and stuff out in the garage. So what's interesting is I had similar feelings like in my old house, I had a big walk-in pantry And I just kind of kept everything in it. And then we moved into this house with a much smaller kitchen and not as much pantry space. And I thought, oh, I have a really tiny pantry. But then I was like, oh, but then I also have this other cabinet. And I, oh, and I keep my extra appliances in the laundry room. And oh, and I keep some canisters on top of the fridge. So there's, it's actually kind of, I think it's actually just as much storage. It's just spread out. So I have to think about it a little more clearly. And I, I actually just started kind of, getting intentional about organizing those things. And so, you know, it takes a while to get used to a new house and it's been a busy year. And I, I want to say the holidays this year were the time that I finally was, or last year, like the Christmas holidays were when I finally decided it was time. So, um, right now our situation is that there's one smallish, like two door cupboard in my kitchen. So an a, a upper cabinet with the two doors, right? And that's yep. where I keep all of this stuff that I use regularly Grains that I actually am using on a regular basis, um, pasta, sauces, stock, things like that. Plus one shelf, like one half shelf, I guess, is my healthy stuff. So my protein powder, my chia seeds, my hemp parts, my AG1, like all that stuff. Um, another, another cabinet that we have in the other room. So this is like a, almost like a wardrobe sized cupboard. Um, that has, I want to say five shelves in it. That's going to eventually be all of our baking supplies. We don't bake that often. So I don't need to keep that stuff in the kitchen. Um, less often used things like, or things that are just too big to store in the kitchen, like a giant bottle of vinegar literally will not fit in my kitchen right now. Um, cooking oils and spices go in a small cupboard above the stove. And then I also have four big vintage containers on top of the fridge that have some dry goods. I was laughing because I was trying to remember what's in those four. I know that there's oatmeal and cereal. And then I couldn't remember the other two. And I think part of that is because when I first got them, my household was different and the kids were eating a lot of cereal. So I was, remember I had, I think we talked about this on the show 
where I was like, I'm going to buy one cereal at a time and that's going to go yeah. into this big container. And then when it's gone, it's gone. And then I'll buy more. And that was working really well. But then at some point, the kids just stopped eating cereal. So now I'm not even sure there's still cereal in there. Another thing, one of them was completely full of um, tortilla chips because oh. Will loves tortilla chips. And I don't like having bags of chips sitting out on the counter. Oh. And there really wasn't room for them anywhere else. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I, I also sometimes I've already talked I sometimes stuff them in with the bread. Like we've talked about this. Like yeah. sometimes they go in with the bread. But if if the bag is full and big, it doesn't really fit. Well, now Will's gone at college and none of the other kids eat tortilla chips that much. So I actually think one or two of them might just be empty. Well, that could We're be in a, a transitional period. We're still figuring yeah. it out, you know? Yeah. That is the problem with canisters that are not see-through is you could potentially forget what's in them. Oh, and I do on a regular basis. Yes. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place.com code mom hour. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. All right, so we've sort of opened up the pantry doors. Let's talk about what's inside. I thought it would be fun if we each share something in your pantry that you know you're probably never going to use. I mean, never say never, right? You could, but realistically, it's 
not going to be used anytime soon, but for some reason you don't throw it out. Yeah. So, you know, Eric, my boyfriend, uh, is Cheeto. That's like keto where you cheat a lot. (laughs) And so when we first started dating, I bought all the specialty flowers. I bought coconut flour and almond flour and all. And I actually think they're great alternatives to um, wheat flour, especially if you like were gluten free or something like that. The thing is, we don't eat, we don't bake that much and we don't eat that many sweets, uh, keto or not. Right. So if we're going to have dessert, it's probably going to be because we're out. Yeah. And there's dessert or if I make cookies, I'm not going to go through the effort now. Like I was doing that in the beginning to impress him. I'm past that. <laughs> that was a new love. That was then. If he wants to make his own keto lemon bars or whatever, he can do that. But we just don't do that. That's not the way I eat at home. And I don't feel any pressure to cook like that for him. And my kids certainly aren't going to eat it. So, and it's unfortunate because it's very expensive. I would actually like to find a way to use the almond flour and coconut flour. I think they're quality products. Um, I just don't see us ever actually using them. Okay. That's, I, I totally understand why. And it actually relates to my answer. So I just looked in my pantry before we recorded to answer this question. And I saw a box, an unopened box of gluten-free pancake mix. I think Krusty's brand or some like, you know, reliable yeah. brand. Because Violet had a little party, not her birthday that she just had, but she threw a little holiday breakfast party before the holidays. And she has a good friend who's gluten-free. And I bought that but then I think we didn't use it for some reason anyway it's it's one of those things it's so hard to throw away because in my mind I think well we could have another visitor who wants gluten-free pancakes right but like no one in my you house could. is gluten-free it could happen right. but how many years down the line do we think that box is still going to be maybe not years but maybe a couple years where I finally do a clean out and think oh well now it's expired so now I'll throw it away Um, This is a sidebar, but last week I talked to Joanna uh, on our team on the podcast about getting rid of stuff. And I'm very motivated to start using my neighborhood's um, buy nothing group again. Oh, yeah. I think for both of our things, um, a porch pickup of someone would love it. Especially it's not expired. Mine's not expired. It's not opened. So maybe that's what I'll do. Um, The other one that caught my eye, and this is funny, is every like six months, I think I'm going to buy a good quality jarred pesto because one of my children does like the flavor profile of pesto, like maybe pesto chicken sandwich, that kind of thing. We don't eat a lot of pasta. Violet eats a lot of pasta. That's a separate thing. She eats more noodles than anybody I've ever met. But as a family, we don't cook a ton of pasta especially not in a way where now we're going to decide what sauce um, to put with it. Right. And Trader Joe's has a has a couple really nice pestos. One's in the refrigerator section. That one goes bad quickly. And one's in a jar. And I buy I keep buying it and not using it and then losing it or throwing it away. And I don't don't, it's like I'll never learn. Yeah. Um, I have to ask you, because the other one I was going to maybe mention is canned soup. Um, there was a time in my life where I feel like canned soup was something that I leaned on quite heavily, maybe in my twenties, but I don't really like it anymore. And so every now and then I'll be at the store and I'll think I should have canned soup in my pantry. I don't know why. I just think Mm -hmm. I should have it. The The only one, the, the only one I'll actually eat is like a butternut squash soup. I will buy, I will eat a canned butternut squash soup or like the kind in the carton. I think they're yeah, pretty good. Yep, we have but like any, any kind of a noodle soup, I'm just probably not going to heat it up out of a can. So that sort of thing will just linger and die and languish. And since I just did a, 
since I just did a pantry clean out, some of those things have either been fed to my kids to get rid of them or are gone already. But that was one that popped into my head. Well, it's funny. Um, Violet is a vegetarian I've mentioned and eats kind of differently from the rest of us in a lot of ways. And she, there's a soup from the Amy's, you know, the Amy's brand, not oh, yeah. Annie's, mm-hmm. but Amy's cause they, they both kind of cover sort of health food categories. Amy's is a much food. more grown up brand. Yeah, I think exactly. yes. there's no bunny shaped noodles in Amy's, right? But, um, there's a line of Amy's canned soups. Violet likes the lentil and she'll eat it for breakfast. She'll eat it after school. It's one of the really probably most nutrient dense things she voluntarily eats. And yet it technically comes like, like in the snack pantry. Um, so we always have that on hand and sometimes she'll eat it if we're eating meat for dinner or just she'll eat it as a snack. So yeah, I, I like a can of soup as a way to feed a kid quickly and cheaply, but my kids have gone in and out. Reed does not like soup at all. Like he doesn't like any kind of soup. Um, and Luke will like a chicken noodle can of soup. So I'm not, I will go through those if I have them, but mostly it's Violet's Amy's lentil soup. You want to hear something really cute? When we were on um, our trip up north, Eric had bought, I guess he just doesn't eat any of that. He just doesn't eat any, it's not that he doesn't eat any convenience food. He's just like wholly unfamiliar now with anything that you would consider to be like a mainstream uh-huh. Campbell's soup or something. Yeah. So he bought his daughter a can of Campbell's tomato soup and then he fed it to her without diluting it. Oh. And I'm looking at her eating and she's sitting next to me, politely putting little like bites in her mouth. Sauce. Yeah. And I said, hey, Sammy, that looks kind of thick. Did your dad make that for you? And she's like, yeah. And I said, I don't think he added any water, honey. And she's like, oh, I'll just keep eating. And I said, don't do that. Go add some water or milk yeah. or something to it. So it was just kind of funny. I guess in his defense, it's really a pretty old school line of Campbell's soups that would require water anymore, right? Like if you were in the soup aisle it's at the just grocery the store. Ones. Yes, yeah. it's not very many of them. So I guess if you didn't know that, but I do remember. I mean, I remember adding water. The remember condensed, chick- Campbell's chicken condensed. and stars. Chicken and oh, stars. I, I yes, love when I was chicken sick, and my stars. Mom, for some reason, she would only buy me chicken and stars when I was sick, which is really weird because it costs exactly the same. <laughs> As regular chicken, I think, or maybe 10 cents difference. That and noodleos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a special food. I was not allowed to noodle. I loved chicken and stars. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about what we could do with what's in our pantry. I'm going to ask, like, to name a few things that if you had to, if we were on a cooking show right now and you had to create the base of a good meal around something from your pantry, what would it be? Now, I'm not saying you can't include any fresh ingredients or anything else. Because that's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I just mean like what in there as you look at it is could could be the foundation for a meal. And then you could talk about what you'd add, you know, to make it to round it out. Well, okay, I've got a few. I actually think a tortilla with black beans and some, um, you know, dried cilantro. It's almost a meal. It's, yeah, I would really totally. want to add cheese, but like I spice up my black beans pretty well with um, cumin and you can use um, the jarred garlic or the, you know, dried garlic. I really think it, you can make a really decent black bean taco with nothing fresh, but even that would be hard because I'd want to add cheese. I'd want to add chicken. Yeah. Something. And you can, in this hypothetical, yeah. you can, I'm just saying start yeah. with the pantry rather than start with the protein or the. So I would start with either um, chicken or beef stock and quinoa. Uh, and then you can add a little feta and like a, a protein and maybe, um, yeah, maybe some kind of green something or other out of the fridge. That's a great base. Or yeah. 
rice and apricots. And then I would add some kind of like a Mediterranean or Indian or like Middle Eastern spiced uh, protein. Okay. I have two questions. First of all, are your apricots, do you have dried apricots? Is that what you're yes, talking about? I okay. always have dried apricots in my okay. fridge because, or in my um, pantry, because I used to make this Moroccan chicken tagine all the time that the that. kids yeah. love so much. I haven't made it as much recently, but Will said, it's like you bought chicken and dumped delicious crap all over it is what he said. And so I thought, well, that's a win. Cause I think he was like 14 <laughs> yeah. when he made that yeah. declaration. Um, so I feel like it's almonds and rice and apricots, or you can use dates. And then a bunch of spices and then basically chicken and onions is the rest of it. Okay. So. Um, I don't always have dried apricots in my pantry. I have dried mango right now, but now it makes me think of using those dried fruits in savory dishes. But my second question oh, is, so do good. you cook your quinoa in the rice cooker? Yes, you do. Okay. Cause I got, I got the rice cooker that you have. Yes. I got it for Christmas and I have been using it. Um, but I have, We'll get into all the grains, but I have a lot of grains in my pantry that I just have been uninspired by. And I, I think that using the rice cooker will breathe new life into them. So I'm glad that quinoa is on that list. I, I did try to make a not barley, maybe a farro in the rice cooker. And I think I kind of got the liquid. It was like in there too long. It, it got too. It chewy. can sometimes take a little and sometimes like you'll look up a recipe that will tell you to add a certain amount of. I always go by the amount. That's what I have found. I'm, and okay. I'm not a rice cooker expert is that if you usually, if you go by the amount that's on the package, mm -hmm. that's usually more correct than anything you find on. That's what, that's what I've been doing too. So I'm glad to hear yeah. you say that. I think, I just think that with the Faro, we kind of let it, there's no Faro setting. So I had to choose no. the one that was kind of closest. Right. And I think it was just in there too long, but it wasn't terrible. Yeah. The white rice setting I think is the, is the shortest. And that yeah. that's what I do quinoa on. And I just did okay. quinoa this week actually, where I did um, quinoa, chicken breast, feta, uh, I threw in a handful of greens that were kind of getting wilty and I feel like I maybe added some, Oh, pine nuts. Mm -hmm. Pine nuts are another oh, yeah. thing I'd love to have in there. And that honestly can add so much flavor that yeah. you could almost get away without having a protein. I mean, yes. I wouldn't want to because I like proteins, but you know, you could. So anyway, um, yeah. yes, I use, I use the rice cooker for literally everything I cook. That's not, that's not in the oven pretty much these days. So yeah. Good to um, okay. Well, when I was looking at my pantry and thinking of meal starters, the first thing I thought of back to your tortilla chips and my bag of chips on the counter, um, I could make a really good pan of nachos with, um, I have black beans and brie fried beans in my pantry. I have kids who like one or the other and canned corn. I really like canned corn. I mean, not by itself, Ooh. but adding it to things. Um, do you rinse it? I do. Well, okay. I, I at least drain the liquid. I rinse my black beans usually unless I'm making like a soupy black beans. I just um, have a memory of having extremely salty canned corn as a kid. And it kind oh. of like freaked me out a little bit, but maybe that has gone. Maybe that's yeah, not the way it is anymore. I, mine is from Trader Joe's and it's literally just a can of corn in like corn oh, water. Okay. And I, I'm not eating it plain. So I would be adding it to salad. We d would add it to taco salads or something. So a really good pan of nachos is a great uh, dinner option. Cause you can dress it up or down depending on what kids like. Obviously I would need cheese for this meal, but I was looking at the pantry being like, well, that's a good quick starter meal. Um, another one I always have in my pantry are the red lentil noodles from Trader Joe's, um, which are really good. If you are looking for a like non wheat or flour based noodle, um, and our jar pasta sauce of choice is Rayo's the brand Rayo's. Um, hmm. 
And so if we had red lentil noodles and the jarred tomato sauce and threw a protein in there or um, some cheese or something, I'd be happy. I, the red lentil noodles, are they're, they taste different from a regular just white flour noodle, but they're really mm-hmm. good, I think. Um, and you can also like do them kind of cold and eat it more like a cold pasta salad. So I have found that with all of those specialty noodles, like they don't, if you go in with the expectation, they're going to taste great with like a traditional pasta sauce, you're probably going to be a little disappointed. But if you're, if you think of them as more like a, just a nice base for something different, they're really good. So like shrimp or like a cream sauce or something other than what you would usually use noodles for. I have the black bean ones too, and they're quite good. The other tip I would give for alternative noodles is you might think of the um, ratio of noodles to other stuff a little differently. Like mm. we will do it like a roasted vegetable pasta with red sauce, but there's as many vegetables as there are noodles. So it's almost like 50, yes. 50 instead of like a huge bowl of noodles with a little bit of other stuff mixed in, whether that's a pro like a meat protein or, um, vegetables. Whereas when we do it, it's more like half and half. So that's another right. tip. Yeah. That makes sense too. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so continuing through our pantries, what would you say your kids' faces would light up at looking in your pantry, or what are their favorite items in your pantry? 
I mean, they don't, their faces aren't lighting up at anything in my pantry. I, I thought you might say that. But, uh, because I don't have a fun pantry. It's just yeah. all, it's very uh, utilitarian mom stuff right now. But, you know, they have their things they like. Sometimes there's like a leftover bag of ramen. When I buy ramen, they go through it so fast. Yeah. But um, Public Goods, which is a company that we both love, had a deal around Christmas time where you can get like 25 free ramens or yeah. something. It was like some ridiculous deal. So I did take them up on that. And I don't think they've plowed through them all. But I actually left a lot of the ramens tucked into the bread container, or like into the bread bag or not even bag. It's like a basket. Okay. And then I kind of stuck some extras like in random places. And so it might make them smile. Like an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> Yes, if they accidentally ran across an, uh, a ramen. Otherwise, it's like spaghetti noodles or rice. They like carbs, you know, yeah. like most yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the things that would my, my kids would say are their favorites in our pantry. Everybody's really into refried beans right now. And hmm. this is funny because I actually don't care for refried beans. I like almost all other beans. But as a kid learning to like kind of Americanized Mexican food, like a squishy burrito with the squishy brown beans was not my favorite. It's never been my favorite either. I'll eat refried beans like as part of a, of a nicely composed dish. Like it's fine, but I'm I'm never going to reach for them. So it took me a long time to discover that my kids like refried beans and Reed was last and he didn't even like them till he learned how to make like a, basically a quick bean dip in the microwave with a ton of hot sauce, um, which is like how he likes most things. So Luke and Reed both love a bean dip and they put refried beans on the base of a bowl and then they layer cheese or cheese and sauce on top and then back to the tortilla chips. And so they make that a lot. Violet also loves refried beans, but she is a vegetarian. And so we actually buy two different kinds of refried beans because they are made with animal fat. And she's like her vegetarianism is a it's a I mean, she's got her principles. So um, that's how we do refried beans. Everybody loves them. They all would be excited. They'd all do something different with them, probably. I also today, because I was for this episode, I was looking. There is a half a bag of Lucky Charms, which is not a cereal I typically buy, um, but it is leftover from Violet's sleepover party that she just had. And it will be interesting to see if there's a fight over. It's like it's, I, I, I said half a bag. It's not half a bag. It's like half a serving. It's a little more than you would want to throw away, but it would be a disappointing bowl of cereal. So I'm so curious if it will linger for a long time because it's not really enough for anybody, but also whether they'll fight over it. It could could go any which way. Um, And then lastly, there are some hot cocoa packets in the pantry. And this is not, these did not come in by my choice. I'm actually not totally sure how they got there, but I love to serve my kids hot cocoa and I will do it one of two ways. I'll get the Keurig um, pods every once in a while as a treat because we do have the single serve that option. And it's just so fast and Violet will climb up on the counter and make one herself. Or I really like to make cocoa on the stove with Hershey, Mm -hmm. like unsweetened powder and milk. And um, so the fact that the packets are there is a little irksome to me because it's the type of pantry clutter. That's just like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Somebody, Either use these already, but they'll probably be there for a year. Um, Violet does like the packets, even though I try to convince her to consume cocoa otherwise. You know, it's funny about that. I actually have a half of a box of Sonic the Hedgehog cereal in my, not the pantry in my kitchen, but the sort of spillover one that I haven't, I haven't organized yet. 
And I have hot cocoa packets that I bought when we were on vacation because vacation is the perfect time for hot cocoa packets. But now they're taking up too much room and it's like everyone's forgotten about them. And I went like, hey, guys, remember I bought this cocoa? Is anyone going to eat these cocoa packets? And I don't know why nobody ate the Sonic the Hedgehog cereal. I should just toss it. I think it was like I bought it a long time ago. I was at the store. I was like, the kids will love this and love it. They did not. And uh, now it's just sitting there. So that should go. Bye bye for a clean out. Um, well, what about you? When you look in your pantry, are there some favorite things or things that you love or look forward to? What's well, I was thinking quinoa because to me, that is such a, um, it's such a versatile, like healthy grain. And like what you were saying before about changing sometimes the ratio, it doesn't have to be a huge bed of quinoa yeah, that's with so something like I can actually make a really good, um, like say chicken breast situation where it's almost like the quinoa is just enough to roll around. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I know exactly you just what you mean. Roll the chicken around in it. It sticks and it tastes really good. So I like how versatile it is. And, and I think it's yummy and can be doctored up so many ways. But I think the thing that gives me the happiest little feeling in my heart is my special oatmeal ingredients. Um, so, you know, I make this, this steel cut oatmeal in my rice cooker yeah. and I put hemp hearts and chia seeds and a variety of other things in it. And I have most of those ingredients kind of all gathered together in one little area of my pantry because I use them almost every day. And that's probably the thing I I go to the most. And that makes me the happiest in my pantry. I love it. Well, you, you have influenced me already on the rice cooker and back to the steel cut oats. I had a question before I answer about your quinoa. Do you, which color quinoa? I have the tricolor. I get the tricolor. Okay. Too. That's what mm-hmm. mine is. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you're inspiring me to get back into making it more often for all of the reasons that everything you said, I'm like, yes, you're so right about quinoa, but I've just have out of the habit. So that's well, you can forget about it for a while. Yeah. I did definitely. So. Well, for me, when I looked in there, the thing that made me the happiest actually is not really a food item. It is my tea box. So it is the storage box I have for tea bags. Now you are so elevated in your tea drinking. You're not doing a lot of tea bags anymore. I know that you are loose. No, and I have my teas in a completely different area. Yes, they have like their a own whole section. Like they their have their own section room. in my house. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm a much more like casual um lay person when it comes to tea, but it is winter and we are having a pretty chilly winter here in California. So I, I do drink tea almost daily in the winter. Um, and I got this box, I think from the everything store it was nothing fancy. I wish it was like from an antique store or something, but it's the kind where you open the lid and then there's different sections and you can um, put different tea bags in there. And it brings me joy, not only because tea itself is a comforting ritual, but also because there's nothing worse than like a, a pyramid of half empty boxes of yes. tea bags in your pantry or in your cupboard. They smash, they yes. fall over. You can't tell if there's like two tea bags in there or 25. So for me, like what makes my little organizing heart so happy is that more inventory management. Like if I buy a new tea, I'll come home and open the box. Um, sometimes I cut off the label and tuck it in with the tea bag so that I remember like which one is going in and what are the ingredients or is it decaffeinated, whatever. And then I totally recycle the box and I just have this really nicely organized tea. Um, I can present it to a guest. If the queen came yeah. over, I would have a box of tea to offer. I have one like that too. I have a little wooden box that yeah. you open it. And it's got the sections and I still do eat. I do eat. I still do drink um, several herbal teas that are in, in, uh, 
bags. So yeah. I have it stuffed with those. I don't do yeah. as much of the black tea that way anymore, but yeah, yeah it's, it is nice. It, it does feel like you can present it to someone. Yeah. Well, it's funny yeah. when, when I was thinking, Oh, what in my pantry is making me happy. As I looked at it, I realized all the things that either were making me happy or were making me go, ugh, they weren't really food related. They were more, um, storage or organization related. I think yeah. that's makes a lot of sense. The food is probably secondary to me to like how, how nice it looks and how organized it is, which is telling. Right? Um, but food wise, I'll just mention a couple other things that made me, make me happy. Um, toasted slivered unsalted almonds to put on oatmeal, um, chicken dishes, salads, but it's specifically the ones I like are, they're not raw, they're toasted, but they're not salted because you're going to have your other, your salts taken care of by whatever else you're eating. And then I really like the slivered instead of the, what, what's the name of it when they're like really sliced? thin? I guess sliced. Yeah. Sliced, sliced would be like yeah. the shaved kind of sliced ones. Mm-hmm. Those are good too, but I really like the shape and the crunch of the slivered. And That's sometimes- so funny because I really prefer, I really prefer this, this, uh, not slivered. The sliced? Yeah. The slices. Yep. I would have both. Like both are fine, but I like the little more of the dense crunch of the slivered. And sometimes Trader Joe's is out of these. And I just the other day I would told Brian, I was like, I'm not trying to be controlling, but please don't come home if it's not, not don't come home, but don't bring me almonds that don't are not bother coming home, slivered, yes. unsalted and toasted. So those are good. Um, and then I'm not going to lie. I love a bowl of cereal before bed and several a night. That is sort of my dessert or my late night snack. And my kids eat cereal. They go in and out of cereal phases, but I love a bowl of cereal, especially in the evening. Well, I, I used to be such a big cereal, cereal eater. I've definitely gotten out of it, but I, def, I, I, I see it. Maybe yeah. I'll get back into it. Almost never yeah. for breakfast for me. Almost always either an afternoon snack or a bedtime snack. Well, I do want to talk a little bit about like storage and organization before we have to go. And you are ahead of me because you actually did a pantry clean out recently, at least for one of your spaces. So did that give you any like ahas about storage, organization, anything you want to do better going forward? You know, I think I realized that with the amount of space I have that I need to stop trying to be so fancy about. I was trying to like get into having, and we talked about this during the refrigerator episode, you know, these different storage things that function in, in fancy ways. Yeah. The thing I, the things I leaned on the most are I have those OXO pop top containers, yeah, so the do I. vacuum They're ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how they look. I think I could just double down on that. Maybe get some more narrow ones that fit into those spots that don't, you know, where yeah. I run out of they space and I need all different sizes. They have like skinny yes, ones and short ones. Yep. And yeah. And I've had them for well over 10 years. They're still in great shape. Um, so I need like more of those. I want to get some like binder clips for packets and open yeah. stuff. Those work really well. And I don't currently have any in my pantry and I, I could use some. And I did use, I kind of stole your idea to reuse jars that are lying around for things that I like when it was a small amount. So I had, for example, some specialty wild rice I bought in the UP and and it's like real wild rice. It's not cultivated. It's like they got it out of a marsh, you know, wow. it's like, yeah. um, uh, harvested, I guess. And I wasn't there. It's expensive. I didn't buy huge bags of it. Right. So the OXO thing would be really right, a little, yeah. it wouldn't make sense, but like a little peanut butter, like a glass peanut butter jar or a pasta, um, sauce jar or something like that is great for stuff like that. So um, I just, I've been trying to 
I've been trying to just have more stuff where I can see it when I open, because that makes me happy when I can yep. see the contents. But to be less, try to be a little bit less um, precious about trying to have like all these things that do fancy things. Sure. Because th they just get in the way when I don't have much space in any yeah. one of these areas. Yeah. What about you? Well, I am a huge like fan of repurposing glass jars for pantry storage. And I have been for, I don't know, at least 10 years. This has been what I do. I will say it takes active management. It's not, it requires, I'm always washing jars and I'm always sort of um, upsizing or downsizing based on what I have. Um, but I will keep a lot of dry snacks, chocolate chips, um, nuts that are for snacking, nuts that are for cooking, what else is in jars? Um, our little peanut butter pretzels from Trader Joe's are in a jar or if I had anything else in small like that. Uh, grains, like you mentioned, some quinoas and not just glass jars. I'll also do it. Um, sometimes rice comes in those nice yeah. squat plastic containers. I keep I will, those and mm -hmm. use them over and over for other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, Megan, you could see a picture and I don't mind putting it in the show notes, but if you look like it's mostly containers that are either stackable or round. I really try not to have a bunch of folded over bags. It's just like, it makes me, I forget what's there and I forget when I got it. And the pictures that, um, I took are like, I, I actually need to go through. There's more, um, uh, bags in there right now folded over than there usually would be, but I it looks very neat. It looks very, I like how, um, I like how you can see there's so much clear yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. Being able to see through. So clear containers. Um, so other things that I think have helped me make good use of space is lazy Susans. I have one in the couple in the fridge. I have a couple in the pantry because then I can spin it around and see my jars. Um, but there's also a little um, like shelf within a shelf mm -hmm. that allows looking at that cans. right now. Yeah. That yep. al just allows two stack two uh, height, double height of cans instead of just one. Um, and then a couple baskets and bins, small baskets and bins. There's one that keeps the clips for the bags, the, the chip clip mm -hmm. bags. Um, that basket in the bottom right is the snack basket, but there's literally nothing in there. There's like a couple old fruit leathers and there's another basket for probably it's for things that are awaiting their own jar. Like there's either too much or not enough for a jar or I don't have a jar clean. And so it's sort of like a, a holding area. Um, but yeah, in my cereal containers, I've had forever. Those are larger. I don't think they're OXO. I'm not sure what brand, but, um, yeah, I, I really try to use active management to stay on top of putting the things from whatever packaging they came in into something that I'm going to be able to see and serve out of, and the kids can grab easily and they're not ripping bags and boxes apart. And so, yeah, I feel pretty good about that piece of it. You know, I, I really like the, um, the squat containers that rice sometimes comes mm -hmm. in. And yeah. I don't know if there's any in my cabinet right now. I think there actually is, but you can't see it in the pictures I sent you, Sarah. Um, but I have taken to purchasing larger bags of rice and then emptying them into that and then storing what's left like in the other room in the bigger. Okay. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is sometimes the prep instructions are slightly different or the water ratio is slightly different yeah, because say it's be like careful. a short, yeah. 
like a mm-hmm. short grain versus a long yeah. or whatever. And I've made some mistakes there. So you have to be kind of careful about that. You do. <laughs> and my trick is I will cut the cooking instructions out, especially for things like farro and barley, things that I don't cook very often. And I'm not going to remember the water ratio and stuff. I'll actually cut it out of the packaging and just tuck it in the jar. Just stick That's it like smart. right down yeah. in there with the grain. Um, or I've taped it to the outside before too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that is very true about rice though, because you can't necessarily just mix rices. Whatever. Because, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. They they require different things. Well, this was fun. I'm happy to share those uh photos of my pantry in the in the show notes. It's not quite what we did with the refrigerators where it was truly like, let us see what's you going inside. on there. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it's sometimes nice to have a visual. So you can follow us on Instagram or check the show notes at themomhour.com and we'll make sure to to show you what we're talking about with our pantries. And Sarah and I had a whole funny conversation before we recorded about how the word pantries looks a lot like panties if you look at it really quickly. Yeah, you don't read carefully. Watch out. So lots of jokes ensued about our crummy, dusty pantries. Whole new meaning. So <laughs> read carefully. <laughs> look for those R's, people. <laughs> Yes. And we have um, an episode coming up on Sunday, right, Megan? Yeah, it's a more than mom. We're going to be talking about um, body image and, and being a mom and body image. And I think that's something that is always evolving for all of us, no matter what stage of motherhood or life that we're in. So looking forward to that one. Talk to everybody then. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get the essential calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.